0: Right, And sometimes it doesn't naturally, come. you can't bring it out from the inside, you can't think about all these sad things and cry, just like it's not happening for you. And I found in those moments, you just have to jump mm-hmm. off that cliff and just start crying, even if you're not crying. Right. And more often than not, you'll start crying.
1: Everybody and welcome back to the Warrior Queen podcast. Today I have a very special guest, known for her work on *The Man Who Knew Infinity* and the cinematic embodiment and star of *The Warrior Queen* of *Johnsi*, Devika Bise.
0: Hi, it's great to be here.
1: Thank you for coming on, Devika. And I think having you as our next guest is appropriate, coming off <laughs> of speaking with your mom. Um, so today I want to talk about a couple of things. I know you have some exciting news that you might want to talk a little bit about, but we can get to that later. Sure. Um, As we have new guests on the show, and we're looking to add, I think, a little more definition, a little more dimension to the idea of what is a warrior queen. So for you, in your words, what does that mean to you?
0: You know, right now, I think anyone who is hanging in there is a warrior queen. (laughs) I think everyone who... Wakes up in the morning and gets up and does what they have to do. Is a warrior queen, um, and where that goes can completely change depending on where you are in your life, where you are in your mental health and state, where you are, um, your age. You know, all all of those things I think contribute to your capacity to be a warrior queen. Mm -hmm. And I think everyone is doing their absolute best. I think that's what makes you a warrior in Mm -hmm. that sense. Um, But I think everyone has it in them to be a warrior queen. And it doesn't mean that you have to be out on the battlefield, either the literal or
1: figurative
0: battlefield. Um, But if you are trying, then you are a warrior.
1: Kind absolutely what i feel right yeah, now <laughs> i think appropriately so we're all kind of lost in our own battles and as, as a society we are fighting something at this moment of course um, always yes. we are we
0: are fighting something different every day i think yeah yeah in
1: these challenging times <laughs> as
0: they say <laughs> these unprecedented <laughs> times there's the one
1: there's the one um that is very true that is very true if you had to pick a few defining qualities Mm. In the most general sense, or mm-hmm. more specific, if you will, what would you what would you think of? What first comes to mind?
0: Uh, I think tenacity is a very important quality in being a warrior, warrior queen. Um, the ability to hang in there and the stamina that comes with doing that. Um, I find as an actor, it's something that has been to be very helpful mm-hmm. to me um in that so much of it is luck obviously a lot of it is hard work but most of it is luck um and passion of mm-hmm. course but if you just have passion and hard work you can burn out very quickly of um and I feel like I have burnt out a lot in this but then you kind of have to come back mm-hmm. um and that's the thing that's really hard, I think, is to be able to keep coming back being kicked and fall and then stand up again, and then fall again, and then stand up again, and stand up and stand mm-hmm. up and you know, that I think is much harder um, than just trying and then having something amazing happen and then go on your merry way. Right,
1: right, keeping the rubber band elastic yes. in a way, keeping it bouncing back to that shape, yeah. giving you that foundation.
0: But that's, that's... I think we
1: don't bounce back in the same shape I think oh,
0: we okay. we fall we get up and we're different we have some bruises, we have some scars but I think it makes us smarter it yes. makes us stronger um, and that's also something I've learned with age as if I'm so more, <laughs> but as I get older I think you realize that you learn from the failures you have in your life, you don't learn mm-hmm. from the things that went amazing. Those are just things that you can, I guess, talk about, right. but they're not things that actually compelled you to learn.
1: Right, the things that are maybe obviously grateful, things you've been obviously grateful for aren't always the things that you are grateful for learning from.
0: Right, in right? fact, you rarely do learn anything from those moments. Mm-hmm. Those are those moments which are awesome and you right. can talk about them, but they, yeah.
1: You just don't learn as much as the bad times. But but you said before, you know, sometimes you need to recharge. You need Mm -hmm. to go back. And I think oftentimes it's those moments, those easy moments that help you recharge. You Mm. know, I mean, I think I've said this before on the podcast, but confidence is underplayed, Mm -hmm. how how far that can go. So a moment where something did come easy for you, where you did land a role or, or just give a great performance or however you want to interpret that, Reinstills confidence into you, so that when you go into the challenging one, you're met with whatever adversity is in front of you. Well, okay, I remember I did this, and I did this, and this was easy. This is hard, but I can do this now. I'm, I'm empowered by the, the success that I had.
0: So I had an acting coach who um, told us about a study that I'm now going to completely bodge based on that I learned about this years and years ago, but it was something along the fact um, along the lines that uh, kids were made to take a test, like a normal test. And a portion of the children were asked to think about a win in their life, something positive that they had done. You know, even just any memory you know, in the last week or two, even about eating candy or this time that they did really well on something yeah. or they did a cartwheel and it was amazing, something like that. And the kids who thought about positive things prior to that test and thought about wins in their own life did better on that test Hmm. because their mindset was in a positive place. They were confident that they could do something well. Um, And so she always told us you know, if you're waiting for an audition or whatnot, it's a really good time to think about. A personal win that you've had, you know, a time that you did amazingly in a role, a time that you did amazingly, you know, in an audition, anything of that ilk. Um, but I think that really uh, speaks to how important mindset is mm-hmm. in all of all of this. Um, and people talk about manifesting, you know, what you want, and I think a little bit of that can be somewhat toxic to our culture to be like, well, if you just think it to happen, it can happen. You know, I think that's not super uh, fair or healthy way of thinking about things.
1: I think that underplays things a lot. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
0: Exactly. But I do think there is some truth to that. And that if you don't go for it entirely, then it definitely won't happen. Right. And you can go for it entirely and completely fall. But that's what life is about. And someone said to me the other day, you know, um, they're like, oh, what's that saying? If you shoot the moon and miss, you still land among the stars. Right? right? Yeah. yeah. Which is such a stupid saying because stars are so much farther <laughs> away than the moon. So if you shoot yeah. the moon and you miss, you're more likely actually to just fall back into the Earth's orbit. Yeah. So I don't know why that saying
1: exists, but,
0: you know, something along the lines. Yeah,
1: poetry yeah. like can, can um, what would I say? It can uh, augment the reality a little bit to fit mm. into it's what its message wants to be. Yeah, right.
0: right. Um, or if you try and you fail, you may fail catastrophically, and that's okay.
1: Yeah. And that's okay. The first, <laughs> in my acting experience, in my acting school, oh. you have to be okay with it.
0: Yeah. As soon as you're
1: comfortable with failing, you will do that much better. Yeah. And that's always what my teachers told me. That was our biggest thing. Be, she would say, be comfortable with the uncomfortable babies.
0: <laughs> I love that. That's yeah. very acting
1: teacher. Yeah. That teacher, actually, if you're familiar with Rent, so my teacher was Maggie Lally, who Maureen. Was loosely based on. Oh, wow. so yes. yeah, that was a little fun tidbit. She she had a lot of phrases with her scarves wrapped around <laughs> her that she would say from the from the audience and things. She was a great lady. That's she wonderful. is a great lady. She's the That's, yes, okay. <laughs> yes.
0: That's wonderful. Yeah, I think um, taking risks is a huge part of acting, mm-hmm. right? And something that I thought of recently, and I try not to think that often, but I was just going over in my head, is how many people have told me no, right? Like, how many auditions I've done? And you don't hear back most of the time, right? But so, and so you don't actually hear that no every mm-hmm. day. It's just very, like, silent no's in yeah. the background because they don't let you, you know. It's meant
1: to be understood.
0: Right, and, and when you get close, which I do, a lot, right, you do hear that no, because Mm -hmm. then you're in that place where casting has told you, you know, maybe you'll get it,
1: probably will get it, you're very close, and then you have to be told no. (laughs) Or at least you've been here five times. Yeah. We've had you do all of these random things. Yeah. We'll give you a a direct no. Exactly, exactly.
0: Um, So, it's interesting to really think about, though, like, the amount of times I've put myself out there and been horrifically projected. <laughs> flat notes it's like it's tough to really wrap your mind around it and I'm not sure whether or not it's healthy to really think about it and get deep into like what does that mean like how does that affect me to be turned down so many times or if it's healthier to just move on
1: and, and, know, step past and get I mean, past it one could lead to a very deep downward with <laughs> <sorrows>. <laughs> But that's, that's to the person, you know, if you feel that that's going to help you come out of the spiral, then that's your own prerogative, right? You need to, to analyze it. Or I think if you're like me, I'm the type of person to take that and move right along. Yeah. And find the next happy distraction to just pull me away from
0: it. Yeah. So. But that's, I think that's also part of being a warrior queen, right? Mm-hmm. it's like knowing what works for you, mm-hmm. which is different than anyone else. And, you know, getting there, yeah. getting to it.
1: Yeah. I, I So I, I don't want to stay too long on what I'm sure you've talked at length about, which is the warrior queen. But yeah. I do have, did have one more question. And that was, in portraying the role, was there a specific moment you remember that transcended that? That playing her was a little different and gave you a little more insight onto this tenacity or this perseverance that we've been speaking about for a bit?
0: I think uh, one of the most challenging things and the most, again, helpful learning moments on that project was the length of the actual shoot, right? We were shooting for three months, I want to say, and I was on set every single day. You know, I was learning huge dialogues in three different languages, right? It was a very... um, You know, it was obviously a tough role to grapple with, um, but I have done things like that. You know, I've been prepared for days of acting many, many, many times in my life, and I can do that Mm -hmm. well, I think. Um, But when you're on month two, month three, your ability to do that just sort of starts to crack and falter, Mm -hmm. right, because you're so tired your brain doesn't really work as well as it should. You're not sleeping as well. You start losing track of the days that you're doing what actually, what actual scenes you're doing that day, right? When you start off, you're like, oh, today we're doing scene 8, 12, 11, and 54A. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, Month two, you're like, I'm sorry, what's happening? Those are numbers. <laughs> so like Those are think...
1: you just said numbers to me.
0: I have no idea yeah. what's going on, right? Um, and I think, you know, I've never been on like a long running, uh, show or anything like that, where you kind of start living in the rhythm of a project. And like, that's something that I've learned, um, how to do on this, which was really, really helpful for me. And I think stretched and increased my ability to act under situations where you're exhausted and cold and hot and th- whatever, any of those um, above. So um, I think kind of halfway through it is when I started to really learn how tough it can be once I was slowly starting to burn out, as many people okay. do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I still credit it as one of the biggest learning experiences in my life. I did so much, and I was on camera so much, and
1: and even directed at the a very telltale
0: tail end, yeah, for for two days. Um, but I think even that of that ability to just get on to to set, hit your mark, find your light every time, and not waste anyone's time by not being able to do that. Um, that was something I was I was able to learn quite well, and you know I had a bit of a hiatus during the pandemic, okay. as many of us did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when I came back, I was like, oh, I haven't been on set in a little while. I haven't been on camera a lot, but you know, it obviously all came back. But I do credit it to the muscle memory mm-hmm. of being on sets like that, and on that set, I was, you know, I was. Um, so really for three months every single day on camera. Um,
1: I mean, you were playing the title role. and I, I don't think we can expect much less, No, right, but, no, no, of course. But, for, yeah, exactly. but just
0: even the ability of the awareness to know where the camera is, to know where the boom is and the gaffer is and not like hit crew on your way like <laughs> to from going to point A to B and be able to navigate an actual movie set like that mm-hmm. um, is something that requires practice and I always find that when you see uh, any of those big movie franchises like Harry Potter or those kinds of things you watch sometimes the actor or or Twilight or any of those sometimes you watch actors learn how to act on set or improve as actors Mm -hmm. throughout the course of that Mm -hmm. trilogy or whatnot Um, and I think it just being on set, it's the actual hours of being on set yeah. that you cannot learn elsewhere. Right? Nothing like, can replace that. Yeah, besides doing. It. Besides, for doing it. Yeah. Um, so I'm really grateful that I that I had that time.
1: You know. Yeah, yeah. That's that's an iconic experience that you will now take and improve many other roles you will actually portray because you have that. You know, you have that experience and you know how to handle this one that much better. Yeah. Because of that. Yeah, um, exactly. That's great. Yeah. I, I'd like to give a little, uh, maybe a gift or to maybe more of our performing arts listeners or actors, because mm-hmm. we both have a background in that. Mm-hmm. In your career, mm-hmm. has any of the more specific acting tools mm-hmm. resonated with you more? And So to give an example of what I'm referencing, um, Stanislavski's Magic pit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alexander technique, if you know it, Meisner technique, if you know it. Yeah. Has any of those? Have you taken on any of those? As this is what I do.
0: Good question. Um, depends on what I'm working on, okay. right? So, like Alexander technique, I find that if you are doing something for TV that's very casual, and you show up in this like very theatrical in your body, in your, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it might read a little loud for that. Um, That being said, all of the body work that I have learned in my training, in all kinds of uh, training that I've had, has
1: been helpful
0: to me just in the health aspect of Mm -hmm. being an actor, right? So being an actor, you use your body in many different ways. Um, And on the last movie set I was on, September I like pulled my back and my neck and like my side I don't even know I pulled everything and I'm (laughs) at some point doing something and I can't even tell you what um but so many of the things I learned in conservatory or in acting classes about literally just like stretching your body and making like preparing your body for work Mm -hmm. actually was really helpful in that and more of like a physical therapy kind of less.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um my story is the thing I have the most experience with from a teaching lesson, you know, kind of perspective. So it's probably the thing that um, naturally just goes into my head about things. Yeah. Um, but I I don't have any any single thing that you know I live by and die die by um i find that my acting teacher uh kelly kimball by the way she she always says you know when you find an objective in any scene make it as strong and as interesting as possible right which can go so so far like i i was in a scene where i was supposed to be like very mad upset about something and she's like what's the bad like why are you mad at mm-hmm. this person right and I said oh you know I'm mad because he's like making me me feel mad he's making me feel insecure he's making me feel right and she was like what if your new one is he you just found that he is taking cigarettes and lighting them and putting them out on your dog
1: Oh, wow. It's like, oh my goodness, yeah. right? Yeah. But
0: that's the example of a really strong. Right now, I have a very clear and very strong opinion about what's happening, right? And it's not this like mushy, like, oh, I'm mad at you because I'm generally mad, right? Um, but that kind of stuff, I'm really pushing what you can imagine in your brain with regard to what's actually happening. Yeah.
1: It raises the stakes. Hugely. Right. Right. Yeah. Raises the stakes. That's what
0: they always say. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that's kind of a a game that I always like to play, pri- you know, prior to things. But okay. I always find that I change what is working on that day because some days, some things that work brilliantly every time for me don't help at all. Right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, this is not doing anything for me. Whoops! I better pivot and yeah. try something yeah. else. Um, which I guess is maybe life as well you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean, i think is.
1: i would hope that all acting teachers including each of our own would throw these different techniques to see for you to form your own right to pull the little elements i think right. that was the idea right um and so taking away from that there were definitely things that i never resonated with yeah the magic if yeah couldn't go near that yeah, yeah, it yeah. was just too distant for me yeah to to really get a, a true emotional response
0: yeah from You
1: know, so for me, Alexander is what actually kicked in because I felt that shortness of breath Mm -hmm. because I was self-inducing,
0: you know, and it
1: propels you into those things. Um, Well, so
0: that that kind of stuff, I actually really, um, like the outside-in kind of um, approach is something that I have found to be really, really helpful because, you know, sometimes, let's say if you have to cry, mm -hmm. right? And, and it's not like a, Oh, if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it doesn't, it's like, you have to cry. It's in the script. Right. Like you really should be crying yeah. here. And yeah. kind of yeah. right. Some, right. And sometimes it doesn't naturally cut. You can't bring it out from the inside. You can't think about all these sad things and cry. Just like, it's not happening for you. And I found in those moments, you just have to jump off mm-hmm. that cliff and just start crying. Even if you're not crying, right. and more often than not, you'll start crying after a moment or two. Dives pretend.
1: into a pool, sure, yeah, right. yeah.
0: And so it's that thing, like if you're screaming and if you, about anything for long enough, you'll get angry about it because your body is practicing that thing that makes it angry, right. or it's that like a charge
1: it's, charging. Yeah.
0: yeah, and it's it's, it's like um, if you smile, right? There's something that even if you're not happy and you just smile, you. Really, these you'll be that much happier yeah because your body just naturally does that when you smile so your mm-hmm. body and brain are very connected in that really way good. and um sometimes you have to rely on your body to do things that your brain doesn't want to do yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> just say go yeah
1: yeah absolutely I, I, I definitely i feel that that same kind of mantra resonate mm-hmm. with what i've done myself um, so Trans, this is another, I think, element of, of maybe your training history. Mm-hmm. I'm aware that you were trained in classical Indian dance, mm-hmm. just like Mrs. B said. Mm-hmm. Um And a concept that we talked about uh, on the last episode of the podcast was how that that mindset and having that type of training, which she shared with me, is very all-encompassing. Mm-hmm. It's it, it, There's a history to the dance. There's so many small nuances that aren't even about the motion but it's about what you're trying to tell and where that concept is coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what we what we settled on was that that created a much more bird's eye view mm-hmm. of the craft of all of the artistic crafts. Cause mm-hmm. now if you're looking at it from an actor, but you're trained in this place of every word, every line, every motion is, um, Set in something deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you portray roles differently. You think of the art differently. You're thinking of things that technically maybe aren't your job as the actor. Yes. But you're like, well, that's on my radar now because yeah. of the way I was trained.
0: I'm not sure if it's helpful or not in the way that we make movies here okay. in the West, actually. Um, in the sense that, you know, the actor's job is the actor and to think about whether the costume is right or the lighting is right or, you know, the words are right. Mm -hmm. Um... Unless you're at a certain level, it doesn't serve you to arrive on set and be like, excuse me, <laughs> I don't know if this is the right, you know, I right think
1: right. you're going to get deep status right. from that, accidentally. Right. right.
0: Yeah. Or even, you know, it's not, right, there are other people whose job it is, right? right. So you're kind of overstepping why you're there. You're overstepping your place mm-hmm. in this very well oiled machine that exists, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so it's, it's interesting because a lot of the actors I know obviously think about things like that. i I know many, many actors who arrive on set and say the worst lines that they can imagine saying like, the script is absolute trash, but you know, that's my job in this moment It's you know, to do my best with what they have. And my job is not to rewrite right. the script. Um, so it's, I think it's harder to be an actor when your brain is working in overdrive that mm-hmm. way, because you're not asked to,
1: to do to and you and the they don't want
0: you to do those things, right? It takes up right. time that you arrive and you have problems with, like, all the other aspects of production. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully you find yourself involved in things that don't require you to be stressed out about those other, uh, parts sure. of production, um, but I think it's also helpful over time to be be in situations where you have changed small things or you have had input um, in things outside of your realm because then you learn uh, how to do it in a tactful, graceful way. You know, like, a, I won't wear that. Like, oh, I don't think this costume is right for me or what I think the character would wear.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, those kind, you know, and then saying that Um, earlier, and not saying that when you arrive on set, while the cameras are rolling, saying like, oh, I hate my hair. It's like, well, you should have said that five hours
1: ago. Before Before 12 people worked on your hair.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Or while the people were doing your hair, right? Not, you know, hours afterwards when we're rolling. Um, So understanding when and how to to talk about all those things is also great of being a professional in this
1: industry. Of course. All right, well, thank you for that one. So uh, my next question is a little more story-oriented, so Mm. you'll let me know if you can pull upon it, but as as an actively working and engaged person in the performing arts industry, um, I'm sure you've had a range of challenging, dynamic stories. More specifically, though, do you find, or can you recount on one where you had to stand up for yourself or a, a castmate, or anyone on set, and you had to go that extra mile to say, someone's voice is not being heard, whether it be my own or someone else's, and I'm not okay with this, and I'm gonna find a way to make sure you know that I'm not okay with this. And if that pulls on any of your, the warrior queen traits, then uh, please let us know. But...
0: You know, something I found myself doing recently, and this happened again on a project um, in the last couple of months, um, is, so I turned 30. This year, which thank you, know, like, <laughs> is um, a milestone year mainly because it makes you think about you know your journey, you know, reflect where you thought you'd be, where you are, the things you have, the things you know, all of the same. Um, But something that I kind of didn't realize would happen with that is the projects I've taken on since then. Um, I find myself very protective of the younger women. Realizing how young a 20-year-old is on set or a 22-year-old is on set. When I was 22, I was like, I'm so old, I know everything. Um, But it's just not true, right? I see a 22-year-old or a 24-year-old even, I'm like, this baby, (laughs) you know, this sweet. Um, And I found myself, you know, recently on a set where a 19-year-old was asked to do nudity that she agreed to, but then in passing told me she wasn't super okay with. Um, and then me and, a, and an older, uh, fem- not older, meaning older than I am, okay. um, a female cast member talked to the creative team behind the project and said, we're not okay with this and this is not this. And if Unity was not asked to prior to filming, you know, this is not happening now on the, the fly. And um, and we found ourselves doing that, obviously, because it was the right thing to do. Many people on the set knew that this was happening, and it was in general like, oh, this is messed up, but nothing, you know, but nothing.
1: Well, it is what it is. It is you what it carry is. On
0: and I think what was really interesting is both of us were pretty triggered by the way it had all happened. And I think it's because we have been younger mm-hmm. in the industry. and like and we do know the um incessant need to please as like a young woman in life Mm -hmm. but also in this industry Mm -hmm. um to be easy and to be easygoing and trying not to make things hard for anyone you know just by saying okay sure i'll do that even if you're not okay with it um so that's a recent anecdote of something where I realized that I felt so strongly about it based on I think my newfound uh, feeling that I'm like this older-ish person in the industry who needs to kind of look out for younger actors because I think when I was that age I'm not sure there were that many people um, in that category in my life. And I can think of the ones who were, and I think back to those moments where older women um, kind of booked out for me and stood up for me in moments where I wasn't strong enough to do so myself. Um, And those moments really, you know, stand out. And so, so, uh, you know, now it's it's almost like, oh, it's my turn to kind of give back to the younger women that's very messed up, but changing, uh, field.
1: Yeah. And I I think that this is a, that example is very great to say, uh, is, is it further a great example of be the change you want to happen or whatever the phrase is. I'm struggling to get the the phrase. Yeah. Yeah. You've, you've now come to a place where you feel age regardless, confident enough to take that position. And I mean, these people that you referenced when you were in that 22 year old position, they were yeah. role models and, yeah. and what they did resonated with you. And I yeah, think you'd be doing yourself a disservice to not step into their, their shoes when you have the ability to. Right. You know? So I think that's very important. And, and I think that's for this podcast, for the water cream project, why I wanted you to tell me one of those stories. I'm glad you have one is because just hearing that you did that for our right. listeners may, give someone confidence to do the same yeah. in a situation where they may not. Yeah. You know, so we come back to this storytelling, something that really doesn't exist in its base form in our society anymore. Yeah. I know. I mean, of course there's film and theater and television and all of those are stories. But for me to tell you a story... Without this podcast, it probably wouldn't happen. You know, maybe once in a conversation. Yeah. But that's what I think we want this to serve is to be an outlet for these stories, so that people say, "Hey, that does happen." Yeah. People do stand up, and you know, what I can too.
0: And you know what? There are many more stories, unfortunately, of people who do not stand up or speak in those moments, mm-hmm. and then they look back years later and are filled with. Regret. And that's a situation I think you really, really don't want to find yourself in. And I think, you know, I've written some strongly worded emails that I've read later being like, oh, I probably didn't need to use that adverb or adjective here. It's a little hot headed in that (laughs) (laughs) moment. But I've never um, wished that I hadn't spoken up when I had because the alternative would've probably had me not sleeping at night Right. over time.
1: Looking back and second-guessing a phrase or the way you said something is much less than not having Not said having said it at all, exactly, exactly. Because exactly.
0: exactly. that's the kind of thing that you're talking to your therapist about in like 25 years. <laughs> now, and look
1: at all the time now, I've been on that. Yeah. You've lost time, yeah. this person was probably in a worse scenario from yeah. when it happened, Right. no one has benefited. Right, So. yeah. Um, well, thank you for that again. Yeah. I, mean, I think so, so that let's let's get to the exciting news. Yeah. So I've heard through the grapevine that you have any project you're working on. If you can tell us whatever you can tell us. Yeah. Which I'm sure is not a whole bunch, but. Well,
0: so what's interesting is this uh, fall I worked on two movies and an Apple TV show all in one month over the course of wow. six weeks. So I guess month and a half. And I remember there was like a three-day period where I was working on all three at the same time. I did one, the other, the other. And I was going back and uh, forth. Two of them shot here in Manhattan and Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And then one shot upstate in Socrates, New okay. York. Um, so the Apple TV one um, is a climate change anthology drama. Uh, directed written and show run by Scott Z. Burns who is awesome (laughs) Um, and I am excited to see how that plays out it has a killer killer cast it's like Marianne Cotillard, Aza Gonzalez, Forrest Whitaker, Taran Sienna Miller, Kit Harrington, they really wow. have like a knockout. Merrill Street, right? Wonderful. Um, yeah, but that's kind of all I can say about it, sure, sure. given given you know, that it's not out yet. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to be really interesting, and, and it charts out you know what life will be in many years if climate change continues in the trend that it's currently going in. Um, so some dark, dark yeah. stuff, but real
1: stuff. I mean, oftentimes I think that's what people need to see, though, is sometimes it's hard to imagine what the consequences could be until you see it in front of your face. And then you're like, oh, yeah. so if that's how bad it could get? Yeah. I'll put away the hairspray. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hopefully. I think, um, especially in this time, you know, I went through a bit of a moment during early pandemic. Um, when healthcare workers were the only people who were doing anything helpful for anyone, you know, of wondering what my life in the arts is doing and helping, and what I'm doing with my life, and if I should just move somewhere and actually be helpful to people and not get a real job. Get a, exactly, get a real job. <laughs> totally. I mean, it really makes you wonder in moments of uh, crisis and moments yeah. of. So and then as the
1: pandemic continued and the mental health
0: portion of things became very much something to talk about and something that cannot be ignored. Mm-hmm. Um you know, obviously so many people found joy from content that they watched on their television. Yeah, you know, and so there is something to be said about art gives people something Mm in these moments and and that cannot be discounted not at all Um, not that i think i'm changing the world or anything like that but i think actors do serve a a purpose as do content creators as do people who are helping society by you know providing input and different points of
1: complicated times. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's no doubt that, that the arts have been underplayed for that reason for years, yeah. you know, to say that that's not a real job as right. COVID or, yeah. or what does that serve to better society, but I, I'm inclined to agree exactly, I think, and the pandemic is another example of when you look, when anyone can look back on it and say, well, what were the shiny moments, like, yeah. well, what stood out to you on Tiger King? I watched this <laughs> show, or or you know, I, I engaged in this game. It's it's mm-hmm. those things that keep us through. And I have this image in my head that I, I kind of refer back to of, of this of an isolated room at the end of a tragedy, you know, of a group of ten people, and then I just think of someone tap dancing, in the <laughs> and because you. Think of all these frowns that you would imagine, or all these people's faces—lost, mm-hmm. or struggling, or dirty, or hungry—and someone performing, someone just giving enough energy to say, "I'm going to entertain you," and a smile can creep in through all those things. Yeah, it's like it travels around the back door, and just—I don't, I don't even know—gets around all the bad things.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially now because of how exposed we are to the news and news cycle. And I think there's something really positive about that in the sense that everyone really understands and knows what is going on. But what is going on hasn't been great, right? Like every day there's some new headline that is just horrifically appalling. And I think that really adds up over time and you can just walk through life being like, oh, well, like abortion might be illegal. Oh, well, this is happening. That is that, you know, different, Moments that can really bog down a person's mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what is going to be really important for people moving forward is compartmentalizing what is happening with this world and then where you can find joy and really lean into that properly in mm-hmm. those moments.
1: Yeah, I, it's very easy to be oversaturated by anyone. Yeah, the States, on right. the good side or the bad side. Right. So it's you really have to, I think, compartmentalize all of those different things. Yeah, so like it's not helpful to, to
0: track it. the like daily COVID deaths in the United States, like whether it's like we have access to that information. Good. Right. But you know, tracking it every day and making that part of your day—I right. don't know—that's so helpful to anybody I don't think it is, unless it's your job
1: to interpret that right data. exactly yeah. exactly. if it's your job to interpret that data and make choices based on it follow yes, that please follow that, follow that. <laughs> please do but if it's not there's and not much you, you can for do your service. Yeah, yeah exactly for yeah and thank you yeah. for your service but if yeah. now you're just going to power- give your friends more paranoia right
0: right exactly <laughs>
1: so um i think we're rounding about the time oh, for today but this was a really great conversation. Is there anything you wanted to say? No. What we this
0: was fantastic. I think everyone is a warrior queen and everyone should really hang in there. And it's all going to be okay.
1: Wonderful. Yeah, and <laughs> look out for, for the new show on Apple TV+. Plus. Yes. Do we called, have a date? I mean, yeah. Not yet.
0: Okay, I okay. It's called
1: Extrapolation. Extrapolation. Yes. <laughs> Sounds great. And we will see you next time on the Warrior Queen podcast. Thanks so much. Thank you mm